You're listening to episode 9 of the We Get the Runs podcast. In this episode, we talk about ours and your favorite running books. Welcome to the We Get the Runs podcast. We're your hosts, Letty and Angela, and we invite you to join us as we chat about all things running. In this podcast, we talk tips, tactics, and strategies to make running a favorite part of your life. Hey runners! Hey runners! Welcome back to another episode with Letty and Angela. Angela, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing, Letty? How was your week of running? My week of running didn't happen this week. Oh no, what happened? So I think I have plantar fasciitis. Um, it started, you know, I could feel it a little bit a couple weeks ago and then a little bit more and more in the mornings and then usually it dissolves and um, the first mile is always a little bit slower. And uh, last week when I was running, the first mile was really painful and really slow. So then um, I had my husband check it out, push on the pressure point, or I guess the point where the tendon attaches, and I definitely have it. Jeez, that stinks. So no running at all. No running at all. Lots of icing. And um, I guess for the first time, I'm glad that we don't have any races right now. You're right. This is perfect timing to have an injury. It really is. How are, how are you feeling? I know you had some uh, stuff creeping out yourself. Yeah, a little bit of pain in my shins, a little bit in my right ankle. Potentially could be shin splints. I'm not really sure. I've been able to run on it, but, you know, common runner, just keep moving, <laughs> kind of ignoring the pain, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. You're kind of rubbing off on me thinking I, I may need to take a, a few days or a week or so off. Hopefully just a week or so, but, yeah, I think it's maybe time for us to uh, – Bring a physical therapist on board and do an episode with him on injuries. That would be fantastic. And I'm sure our listeners would really enjoy that because these are such common running things that, that so many runners run into is having shin splints, having plantar fasciitis, you know, these little things with our knees, little things that creep up. And, and how, how many questions do all of us have is when do I stop? When do we know the difference between is it just something hurting and should I actually stop running? and treat the injury. So that's a great idea. Yeah. You know, when it's creeping up, it's creeping up. And speaking about creeping up, so I have a funny story to tell you. Two weeks ago when I was running in the morning, I was running my regular route and I was running in the neighborhood next to us. And um, there's a golf course and I always run around there. There's lakes, but you know, it's a fenced in neighborhood. So we live in Florida, but it's fenced in. I did not expect for there to be any alligators. Alligator? No way! Yep. So while you were running? While I was running, 5.30 in the morning, uh, it's pretty dark in that little corner where I'm running, and I saw something on the road, and it was a shadow, and I was far away. So from far away, it just looked like, okay, this could be a puddle. I slowed down, <laughs> and suddenly the puddle started moving and it oh, kind no. of turned and walked this way. I mean, obviously, this is not Jurassic Park. It wasn't <laughs> It wasn't running at me. But the fact that there was a big alligator maybe 20, foot, 20 feet from me. No way. Yeah. So I turned around and I sprinted back to, you know, the entrance of the golf course. I was pissed that I didn't turn on my running watch because that would have been my fastest part of the run. <laughs> Of course, that's the greatest concern. Oh my gosh, right? This is the stuff that I looked at afterwards because my Strava map just showed me running through water. Oh man. Yeah, but yeah, so 
funny, bittersweet thing. So I'm glad I'm not running right now, but I obviously am switching routes. You know? Yeah. Was that your first interaction with an alligator? Yeah, I mean, close up like that too. I mean, there's Lakes Park that's close by and we see them there, but you're on a bridge. But this was just, you know, me and him 20 feet apart. Wow. and um And just you. Right. And then I was thinking afterwards, man, what could I have done when zigzag? I know they're not aggressive and they don't attack you, but it's different when you're out there at 530 in the morning by yourself and... For sure. Facing one, yeah. Was he actually coming near you? I mean, I couldn't even really tell. He was um, just slowly moving, so I don't think he was... He was just kind of crossing that path, but... Still. I mean, in my head, he was looking at me, <laughs> sizing me up and thinking breakfast. For sure. No, it would be interesting if our listeners shared with us the most interesting or craziest stories of different animals that they've run into during a run. That would be a great idea. So we invite you guys to contact us and do that. Yes, we'll do a, a post on it. Yes, we'll post something. So follow us on... Um, I was going to say Strava, but I mean Instagram and <laughs> our Facebook page is probably the best place to... A good place to, yeah, for yeah. sure. So speaking of um, inviting you guys to do something, what we decided to do every week is to play or highlight one of our listeners, and we've asked you guys to let us know why you love running. So we'll play the first segment for us, and this is by Pablo Lorano. My name is Paolo Laragno. I'm 32 years old, and I love running because it brings me peace of mind. It allows me to connect with people both locally and all over the world. It allows me to feel connected to my ancestors and support social justice causes, and simply it just brings me joy, and I love it. Thank you so much, Paolo, for sharing that. We really appreciate that. We'll be looking out for all of our other listeners to share why they love running. So let's transfer over to what we will be talking about today. So today, Letty and I will be talking about our 10 favorite running books. And we'll also be sharing some books that you, our listeners, have shared with us that are some of your favorite running books. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Our top 10 running books. So before we dive into our top 10 books, we'll give you a little bit of a summary that there are different kinds of running books. So there are different forms, like for example, there are biography books, there are memoirs, there are uh, motivational books that are focused more on the psychology of running, and there are also training books. So there's a lot of great variety of information on running books that you can look into. So we'll talk about a different, a few different kinds that you guys can choose from if you're interested in reading up on some running information. Yeah, and we'll link our favorite running books in our show notes, so that way you can uh, click on them and get more information if you'd like. Yes. Okay, so my first one, of course, I do have a few that are a little more 
nutrition focused. <laughs> so my first one is called Sports Nutrition by Nancy Clark. So this is a really good one if you are interested in learning more about how you can link your nutrition to your running. And basically, Nancy Clark is a board-certified specialist in sports dietetics. She is well-known for her ability to take nutrition information and make it easily understandable. Uh, she has a background, specifically, she is an endurance athlete, or was, I'm not sure if she still is, endurance athlete herself. So that's her main driver. She's worked with a lot of professional athletes. She's worked with uh, players from the Boston Red Sox, the Boston Celtics, because she is based in Massachusetts near Boston. And she has a bachelor's from Simmons, her master's from Boston University, and she completed her internship at uh, Massachusetts General Hospital. So she, it's a great book. It, it, even if you don't want to read the whole thing, you can kind of flip through it and get information on, for example, you know, electrolytes, eating what you can eat before you run or what you can eat during, what you can eat after. And basically it, it just gives you kind of that all encompassing information. You know, she touches on the hydration, your fluid intake, your vitamins, your supplement, energy drinks, organic foods, the role of carbs and protein during exercise. So definitely a great read if you're someone who's kind of clueless to nutrition and how that plays a role in your running and, and how you can kind of tie and marry the two together. So that's a really great place to start. That's awesome. Sounds like a good encyclopedia to have at home. Yeah, it's a really good resource. Good. All right. So my favorite running book right now is The Miles and Trials of a Marathon Goddess by Julie Weiss. Growing up in Santa Monica, California, Julie Weiss would do almost anything for love. She drank, quit school, stole, and ended up a mother in her teens. Uh, she was overweight and depressed until she found running. Running gave her many answers that she'd been looking for, and in addition, it mended her relationship that she had with her father. And uh, unfortunately, her father was suddenly diagnosed with pancreatic cancer and died and uh in order to find a new purpose in her life, she then decided to run 52 marathons in 52 weeks. Wow. Yeah. And she it basically turned into kind of like a little documentary. It's a memoir of hers. Um, she was also featured on the Spirits of the Marathon 2 movie and uh, just logged all these miles in honor of her father and uh, raising a ton of money. I think she's at about $700,000. And, um, that's amazing. Yeah. And so it's, it's just, you know, a nice story about relationships and meeting her running coach whom she ended up marrying. And oh, how cool. Yeah. It's, it's a very interesting book. It's, uh, humorous and just has everything. So it's not just dry and, uh, it's definitely not a training book, but it's a, it's a memoir. So I absolutely loved it just because I love crime fiction anyway, normally, and this is kind of a close thing to it with the theme of running. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Yeah, and I, I actually personally know Julie, and hopefully we can get her to do an interview with us just about doing 52 marathons in 52 weeks. I can't imagine. Traveling <laughs> and the logistics and all that stuff. Yeah, that sounds really cool. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, book number three, I have Run the Miler In by Ryan Hall. So if you don't know about Ryan Hall, he is definitely a runner that you want to know about. He holds the American record for the half marathon at 59 minutes and 43 seconds. He's also the fastest American marathon 
runner at two hours, four seconds, and 58. So he's now retired from professional running, which is kind of interesting. His wife is Sarah Hall, if you know of her. Um, she's also an Olympic runner as well. And he's now focusing his fitness efforts on lifting. So he's really interesting to, to look, to watch on Instagram and just see his transformation. I mean, look at his body compared to what it looked like when he was running, barely any muscle at all, to now focusing on lifting. He looks like a totally different person. I bet you he's got a lot more followers now. <laughs> <laughs> and probably different followers, too, you know, like yeah. attracting different audiences. Yeah. So that's really cool. Nice. Yeah, so he lives in Flagstaff, Arizona with his wife, Sarah, and they have four adopted daughters from Ethiopia. So they're just really cool. And his book is really interesting. So it talks all about his journey of how he got into running, you know, how everything started, how he had his success along the way. He started with running shorter distances and then just couldn't get to the level that he wanted to achieve. And then realized that he did better with the longer distances like the marathon. So he took, he made that shift. So it, it's a really interesting book. He, you know, and he, he puts a, a great emphasis on like how God helped him with his career and led him through everything. So it's pretty cool. And each chapter says mile one, mile two, mile three, and there's 26 chapters. It's pretty, it's pretty awesome. Oh, that's neat you set up. Yeah. That's a, that's a cool mantra that I've heard before too. Run the mile you're in without yeah. knowing that there was a book. Yes. Yeah, for sure. You know, I, I always try to take that and think about that while I'm running as well, too. Nice. All right. I'll give that one a try. So my next one is one that is probably very well known, and it's been, I don't know, I think it came out early 2000s, Born to Run by Christopher McDougall. So it's an epic adventure that began with one question, why does my foot hurt? And isolated in Mexico's deadly Copper Canyon, the blissful Tarahumana, Indians have owned the ability to run hundreds of miles without rest or injury. So it's a narrative, and award-winning journalist and often injured runner Christopher McDougall sets out to discover their secret. In the process, he takes his readers from a science lab at Harvard to the sun-baked valleys and freezing peaks across North America, where ever-growing numbers of ultra-runners are pushing their bodies to limits, and finally to a climatic race at Copper Canyons that pits America's best ultra-runners against the tribe. McDougall's incredible story will not only engage your mind, but inspire your body when you realize that you, indeed all of us, were born to run. So, you know, the inspiring about this inspiring part about his story or his book is that you know it, it talks about all these different running shoes that we now buy into and everything that we need and then in reality you have the Tarahumana tribe running around in sandals and it makes you realize that we're maybe spoiling ourselves maybe we're ruining our feet by trying to change our gait and and wearing running shoes that we might not even need so yeah I know that is definitely a loved book by a lot of runners. Yeah. I've heard a lot of good things. I have it. You should borrow it. <laughs> I actually have it. Oh, you have it too. You just didn't read it. <laughs> I've read some of it. I just haven't read the whole thing. Yeah. But so actually I learned about that book from learning, from reading Eat and Run by Scott Jurek. Is that so, your next book? So yeah, I, I'll, I'll skip ahead to that one actually now. <laughs> So Scott Jurek, it, so it's Eat and Run, My Unlikely Journey to Ultra Marathon Greatness. So Scott Jurek, he, he, he's related, I haven't read the book in so long, but he's, he's 
involved in that book. I think he's mentioned in mm-hmm. the book, and that was before he had achieved anything with ultramarathon running. And then in his book, he references those the Indians and, and all of that oh, information okay. from Born to Run. So it's kind of interesting. Nice. Yeah. So a little bit about Scott Jurek is he has run the 153 Spartathlon, the Hard Rock 100, Bad Water, uh, 135-mile ultramarathon, and his signature race, the Western States 100, which he won a record seven straight times. He's also taken the running world by storm with the 2015 Appalachian Trail speed record, averaging nearly 50 miles a day over 46 days. The United States all-surface record in the 24-hour with 165.7 miles, 6.5 marathons in one day. Insane. Wait, say that again. In one day, he did... In one day, 6.5 marathons. Wow. Crazy. That's the amount of Crazy miles. man. Yeah. Really cool. Really cool. So in his book, he talks all about his success and what's brought him to ultramarathoning. And what's really cool about his book and what's attracted me to it is the way he eats. So he eats really well. He he is very known, well known for his plant-based eating. He's a vegan. And he's be yeah, so he's vegan and he gives all of his recipes. So each chapter you'll see a recipe at the end of the chapter that he mentioned that he was eating in that chapter. Oh wow. So it's kinda like you can go back and be like, How was he fueled? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's cool because I read that book when I ran my first marathon in two thousand and fourteen and at that time I didn't know anything about I didn't really know much. I would I'll say I really didn't know much about pairing your nutrition with your running. So when I was going out for these long runs, I wasn't eating. I didn't know any better, you know? Yeah. Like a lot of runners, you just don't know. So then that's when I finally learned that, you know, you need to have fuel before, have fuel during, have fuel after. I remember I did my first 15 mile run. And that night I was so dehydrated and I didn't eat enough that I had such a bad headache and I slept that night for like 12 hours. Oh my gosh. (laughs) So after I read his book, I was so grateful because I learned, you know, what to include. And it's interesting. I I did took that whole marathon and fueled it around whole foods. So I was eating bananas that would crush up during my run. I was eating baby food. Oh my goodness. <laughs> that sounds pretty involved. Yes. A little different approach. I don't think I'd go that approach this time, but it was a good learning experience. <laughs> well, I'll definitely have to give that one a read. Yeah. yeah it sounds good like one. good information if you don't know much about nutrition, which is, you know, I don't know that much about it. Just the whole fueling is interesting, especially because I'm a vegetarian. I've been a vegetarian since I was 12. So. Um, the whole protein and lack of protein and, and everybody says something different that you need yeah. to eat after you run. So that'll be an interesting read to see what he does and what works for him. Yeah. Yeah. And he has really unique recipes, even if you're not plant-based, they're just really unique, cool recipes to try out. And also if you're an ultra marathoner, you'll really find that interesting just to see how well he's done in those key races. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. So book number five on our list is Endure by Alex Hutchinson. From running a two-hour marathon to summoning Mount Everest, we're fascinated by extremes of human endurance, constantly testing both our physical and psychological limits. 
How high or far can humans go? And what about individual potential? What defines a person's limits? So for years, physiology determined the answer heart size, lung capacity, muscle strength. But over the past decade, a wave of dramatic findings in the cutting-edge science of endurance has completely overturned our understanding of human limitations. Endure widely disseminates these findings for the first time. It's the brain that dictates how far we can go, which means we can go and push ourselves even further. Hutchinson presents an overview of science search for understanding human fatigue from crude experiments with electricity and frog legs to sophisticated brain imagining technology. Going beyond the traditional mechanical view of human limits, he in instead argues that a key element in endurance is how the brain responds to distress signals, whether heat or cold or muscle screaming with lactic acids, and reveals that we can train to improve the brain response. An elite distance runner himself, Hutchinson, takes us to the forefront of the new sports psychology, brain electrodes, jolts, computer-based training, subliminal messaging, and presents startling new discoveries enhancing the performance of athletes today and shows how anyone can utilize these tactics to bolster their own performance and get the most out of their bodies. Sounds awesome. I love this book. So it's basically chapter by chapter. You can get the book summary for it, which is what I do, and I actually carry that in a box, and every time I go for a marathon, I bring that with me. No way! Yeah, and, and it's it's maybe 10, 20 pages long, and before I race the next morning, I read the summaries where it tells you, you know, all these different findings, you know, they did a lot of testing on people and um, had them, for example, sit on the computer doing repetitive things for a while and then run and another group not do that, and then see who performs better. So it's all about what is hard in your perception of it and and how much you can train your brain. So super interesting. I love that. Yeah, you need to, you need to read it. I have both. I have the big book and the summary. And um, if you're a friend of mine and you start running, that's usually what I give you for Christmas. <laughs> that's too funny. What do you think is better, the summary Um. I think the summary gets the point across very well, but if you're interested in hearing more about it, I'm glad I read the whole book first. Actually, I heard it as an audiobook, and then now I have the summary, and it just triggers the little reminders um, of, of how this came up. But, I mean, I think the summary is sufficient to get the bullet points and understand it, but it's I absolutely love this book. That's awesome. Yeah, definitely have to check that out. Yeah. I've heard of him. I know he has another book with someone else that I think I have. Oh, okay. Yes. I've heard of him. But yeah, that sounds really good. Yeah. Definitely have to check that out. All right. So my next book is Daniel's Running Formula by Jack Daniels. Jack Daniels? Yes. So he is a well-known running coach. And if you are not familiar with this book, but you would like to improve your running per performance, definitely check this out. So he provides you with his legendary V-Dot formula. So he has this whole formula for runners that they can try. You know how different coaches have different running theories and, mm -hmm. you know, different programs and things like that. So this is the, the, you know, the Daniels running formula, the Daniels running theory. So it's really interesting. Um, I went through the forget what the name of it is, but I went through the, the, forget what it's called, the um, coaching program. Mm -hmm. And this is the book that they give you through the coaching program. Okay. 
So that's how I got it and got into it. So it's really awesome. So let me give you a little summary. So the VDOT formula to guide you through training exactly at the right intensity to run stronger, longer, and faster. So choose a program to get in shape, target a race program, or regain your conditioning after a layoff or injury. This book will help you to train for competition for programs like 800 meters, 1500, 2 miles, cross-country races, 5K, 10K, you name it. Each program incorporates training intensities to help you build your endurance, strength, and speed. So... He also incorporates, what's really cool is he has this graph in there that will tell you if your goal is a certain time in, say, the half marathon, he'll tell you what you should be running for the 800 meter, the 400 meter, and all of that. So it's really cool. He has more run-specific workouts in there as well. You gain a lot of good information from this book. I highly recommend it. Sounds like a great read. Yeah. I'm interested in the V formula. What, the V dot? V dot. Yeah, what does that mean? It has to do with your VO2 max, but he takes it through another perspective of it. Okay. Yeah, it's really cool. He, and he talks about your breathing and how all of that relates. Interesting. Yeah. Definitely one to read if you're a regular runner. Yeah. We'll put that on the list, on my list, because you yeah. already read it. <laughs> All right, so book number seven, I have How Bad Do You Want It by Matt Fitzgerald. And um, it's another psychology book about, you know, brain and, and mastering the psychology of the mind, mind over muscle, he calls it. Mm-hmm. And I'll give you a little summary. Um, the greatest athletic performances spring from the mind, not the body. Elite athletes have known this for decades, and now science is learning why this is very true. In his fascinating new book, How Bad Do You Want It?, coach Matt Fitzgerald examines more than a dozen pivotal races to discover the surprising ways elite athletes strengthen their mental toughness. Fitzgerald puts you into the pulse-pounding action of more than a dozen epic races through thrilling race reports and revealing post-race interviews with the elites. Their own words reinforce that the, what research has found. Strong mental fitness lets us approach our true physical limits, giving us an edge over physically stronger competitors. How Bad Do You Want It? reveals new psychobiological findings, including mental toughness determines how close you can get to your physical limits. Bracing yourself for a tough race or workout can boost your performance by 15% or more. Champions have learned how to give more of what they have. The only way to improve performance is by altering how you perceive the effort. Choking under pressure is a form of self-consciousness. Your attitude in daily life is the same as the one you bring to the sport. There's no such thing as going as fast as you can, only going faster than before. The fastest race course is the one with the loudest spectators. Faith in your training is as important as the training itself. Really interesting. That sounds like such a good read. It really is. And, and the, my, my favorite part about it is that it's basically a collection of stories by these elite athletes that first seem to choke under pressure and then they come back for a stronger race after they've basically mastered their mind. So I love that. I love that. Yeah. So it sounds like you really like these psychology-based running books. Do they help you? They help me, yeah. And I, I feel like it's just something in the sport that has been ignored for a really long time. We always hear about training plans as to how fast you have to run a certain mileage and, um, you know, that kind of stuff. But nobody trains you to train your brain, and I think that's a big part of it, just with anything in life, you know, because... 
We are women, we're not the biggest, but there's men out there that have more muscles on their leg, bigger lungs, bigger hearts that can pump more blood, yet we beat them. And I think a lot of it has to do with how badly you want it and you push yourself. So, yeah, I really like this type of book. Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. it sounds great. Yeah, you should give it a try. I think I definitely will. I know I benefit from from that. Going off of that, so one more psychology-based book that I have is called Strong, A Runner's Guide to Boosting Confidence and Becoming the Best Version of You, and that's by Kara Gucher. So this is a great book, especially like as women, you know how sometimes you may, like you said, may feel like you're less than, especially competing next to a man. So Kara she shares in her book that she has gone through a lot of points in time with her running where she doesn't feel like she's good enough. And she worked with a psychologist, sports psychologist, Dr. Stephen Walker. And he's actually, he has a few excerpts in the book as well, or he shares. And like, even here, just opening up one page, she has on there a focusing on what your mantra is and kind of rewinding that in your mind as you're running, what is your mantra? You know, why is this important? She has on here. This is my race. I am fearless. I belong with three reoccurring worries that hold you back from your race. So just kind of working through in this book, what are things that are maybe holding you back in your running, how you can overcome them, things that you can be focusing on, how to set goals. It's really a good read. I highly recommend it. Looking back on it, I, I got this book in 2016 and I have some of my running goals that I set in 2016 <laughs> that I can look back to. That's awesome. So it's like a workbook. I love this. Yeah, it's really cool. And she has some of her pictures from when she was running. Like, here's a picture of her at the New York Marathon. You can't do in a race what you haven't prepared for. So, you know, little cool things like that. That's awesome. And, you know, that also obviously focuses on your psychology and how you work through stuff. Because, again, you know, not everything is physical. That's awesome. I should uh, definitely give this a try, too. Yeah, it's really cute. And then she also has some real-life experiences from Olympian Emma Coburn. If you know of her from the Steeplechase. Molly Huddle, who's another top American runner. And Robin Arzon, who also has a book on running herself. Nice. Yeah. Very good. So my last one is called Boston Buddies by Vince Varello. We've had him on the podcast before and interviewed him. And I'm going to read the little summary. On April 16, 2018, 26,000 runners huddled up in uh, Hopkinton, Massachusetts, 26.2 miles away from the Boston Marathon finish line. The weather forecast called for 38-degree temperatures, 2 inches of rain, a sustained 15 to 25 miles wind per hour, and a real field temperature below freezing. But nothing was that was nothing compared to the challenges by many of the runners that he has in the books. So basically, it's a collection of stories by participants of the 2018 marathon, and um, they all had challenges in their lives, and they talk about what got them to the start line, and then talk a little bit about the race. So pretty, That's really cool. Yeah, it's a cool summary of, of stories, very motivational. Yeah, and it gives life to, you know, what 
what runners really go through to get to Boston. Everybody talks about getting to Boston, but what it really took some of these people to get there. That sounds really awesome. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's interesting because he interviews about 100 participants, and many of them survived cancer. One has HIV. Others are running in remembrance for somebody that they lost. And it's pretty heartwarming stories. So, you know, it's it's an inspirational book. This is not psychology. This is not training. It's for inspiration. Inspiration, yeah. Yeah. That sounds like a good one. Especially for, I mean, I would say a new runner, but also someone who's trying to get to Boston. Exactly, exactly. And then, you know, because Boston is your victory lap, and then you get there, and, and it's that kind of victory lap and that cold of weather and all yeah. that rain. But, you know, you still want to do it. You still want to finish strong, and, and then you have a story to share afterwards. Makes yeah. it interesting. Yeah, for sure. Definitely check that one out as well. Yeah. All right. My last book is Run Fast, Eat Slow by Shailene Flanagan. She wrote that book with her co-author, Alice Kopecki. So if you don't know Shailene, Shailene is a medalist and the New York City Marathon champion. She's also a four-time Olympian. She was the first American woman to win the New York City Marathon since 1977. I actually watched her cross the finish line. Oh, did you? There. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So cool. Yeah, it was pretty cool watching her. Um, but she wrote this book with a focus on foods. Again, nutrition. I'm sorry. <laughs> but this is a little different perspective. So we had the more vegetarian-based ultramarathoner perspective. And now we have the Olympian. And she eats meat so she and she has but it's in a very healthy form so like everything is all grass-fed and with the focus on vegetables and so it's a really good book to check out so the book is flavor forward cookbook that proves food can be indulgent and nourishing at the same time finally here's a cookbook for runners that shows fat is essential yeah so she puts an emphasis on fats which is pretty cool especially for runners you know especially like very thin runners right Mm -hmm. so fat is essential for flavor and performance that counting calories obsessing over protein and restrictive dieting does more harm than good that's also pretty prevalent you know with um olympia olympic women runners not eating enough especially because they're trying to keep their bodies to a certain size certain weight all of that yeah yeah because they say so much about how much you weigh influences how fast you can run too yeah yeah that would be an interesting topic to talk about one day too yeah but so this book is packed with more than a hundred recipes for every part of your day mind-blowing nutritional wisdom and inspiring stories from two fitness crazed women that became fast friends over 15 years so definitely one to check out. So some of the favorites in there are Can't Beat Me Smoothie, beet meaning beets, oh. <laughs> arugula cashew pesto, sounds awesome, high altitude bison meatballs, superhero muffins, kale radicchio salad with farro, you know, different kinds of grains in there, and double chocolate teff cookies. That so one really sounds cool. really good. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah, so another nutrition-focused book to check out if you're interested in that as well. <laughs> That's awesome. We have a great variety between the two of us. Yeah, for sure. So definitely, you know, check look into some of these different books. Hopefully it will inspire you and motivate you to be a better runner, maybe live a little healthier, and run a little faster. Awesome. So now we're going to read you some of our listeners. Thank you guys for submitting what your favorite running books were. 
And we're going to start with Carol Ann Reese Parrot. Okay, so Carol Ann says, Running from start to finish, the founder of The Running Room. It has a section at the back about visualization of your race and how to mentally handle your race. Repeat phrases like, I am strong. I am in control. I feel good. Mike Parrott, my late husband, used to read this section out loud to me before every marathon. How cute. I called it Twas the Night Before Marathon. Oh, awesome. <laughs> That's so cool. It brought Mike to his confident, happy place. It was also what I read to him the morning he was passing. As he lay there running in motion in bed, semi-conscious, I asked Mike, are you running? He said yes. It was truly amazing. That was when I really knew he was emotionally okay, as he could be in the circumstance. Damn, that book is full of some great words and wisdom by John Stanton. Oh, thanks, Carol Ann, for sharing that. So Tiffany Spearman says, Bowerman and the Men of Oregon. I love this book because it explains to you who Bill Bowerman is and what he did for the running community. On top of that, it also goes into great details of how he was upset with Knight and what he did with Nike. Great book and very informative about the running community and how it all got started in America. All right, so Denise Garrigan's favorite book is Catherine Switzer's Marathon Woman. Brilliant history of how she got women starting to run. Awesome. Next we have Bob Eskew. I got swept into running in 1978 when Running and Being by Dr. George Sheehan. Ooh, I know Dr. George Sheehan. He's actually from my area. Really? County. Yeah. We have a, the Sheehan Classic. Well, we don't anymore. The Sheehan Classic named after him. Cool. Okay. Back to this. <laughs> Dr. George Sheehan was published that year and spent 14 w- weeks on the New York City or the New York Times bestsellers list. Running is credited with helping to launch the first running boom. I quote, every mile I run is my first. Every hour on the roads, a new beginning. Every day I put on my running clothes, I am born again. Seeing things as if for the first time. Seeing familiar as unfamiliar. The common and uncommon. Doing what goes. I hope I said that right, said was the hardest thing of all, seeing with my own eyes that which is spread before me. And then Bob says, I ran my first marathon in 1979. I haven't stopped since. That's awesome. Wow, congratulations, Bob. That's awesome. Very cool. All right, so we have John Summers, Let Your Mind Run by Dina Castor. Very inspiring, he says. We have Antonio Batala, Advanced Marathoning, because it's a Bible. All right. Next, we have Nathan Matthew, Perfect Mile, about three people from three different countries trying to be the first person to break the four-minute mile. Ooh, that sounds cool. Next is Ken Johnson, Advanced Marathoning, so another person who likes that book. Oh, nice. So then we have Chris Boylan, 26 Marathons by Meb Kofleski. Anyone who has run multiple marathons can really appreciate his take on on the uniqueness of every marathon. I haven't read that one yet, actually, but it's on my list of summer reading. (laughs) Next, we have Craig Baldridge, Finding Gobi. It's got ultra running and a a doggy. What could be better? (laughs) Nothing. (laughs) Really nothing. I agree with you, Craig. (laughs) And next is Richard Williams. Fat man to green man, a normal bloke trying to achieve a dream of completing an ultra. 
That sounds interesting, Angie, especially since I'm trying to talk you into running an ultra with me next year. <laughs> How about you start reading the ultra books? <laughs> you you learn all the information and you tell me about it. <laughs> I'll summarize it for you. Yes, yes, yes. An episode just for you. <laughs> I love it. Thanks, runners, for listening to our podcast and all our different books. Hopefully, you'll take away some great information. And thank you for participating in letting us know why you love running. Make sure to check out the show notes and click on that link. And if you haven't already, let us know why you love running. And hopefully, you will hear it in one of our upcoming podcasts. Also, follow us on social media if you haven't already. And leave us a review on iTunes. We will greatly appreciate that. And look out for next week's surprise interview podcast. Thanks, runners. Thanks, runners. Have a great week of running. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to our podcast. And you can also like our Facebook page and follow us on Instagram. Our account you can find under WGTR Podcast. Thanks and have a great week of running.